Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duba, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. I barely even know what to say. I mean, Meghan Markle's pregnant. I can't really believe it. Just the fact that we're in this state is hard for me to adjust to. This feels like we're in this relationship and it has been such a role roller coaster lightning fast. I just love it. I'm so excited, but very curious to discuss the timing of it with respect to Princess Eugenie. Josh and I are also going to dive into the rest of the wedding festivities. And there were a lot of them from a lunch reception, an evening reception, and then this amazing kind of carnival themed bonus events the following day. Who would have thought that Eugenie would have a more kind of over-the-top wedding in some ways than Megan? I know. It was almost, I I hesitate, well, I don't hesitate to say it because I'm about to, but it's almost a little Kim Kardashian, like, Coachella vibe. Remember when she (laughs) threw North at Coachella-themed birthday party? Mm Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, Eugenie, the Kardashian of the royal family. Well, let's let's kick off with Megan. Yeah, let's talk about Megan because I know everyone. We woke up this morning. First of all, the news was announced. I think around five a.m. East Coast time, two a.m. L.A. time. Uh, so it hit in the middle of the night. So I, like probably a lot of you guys, woke up to a flurry of news alerts and tweets and all of that about Megan's pregnancy. So many of you guys wrote to us. It was as exciting as the news itself. So Julie, let's get into this. So first, everyone was saying she's 12 weeks pregnant. Us Weekly just as of recording this podcast Monday afternoon, uh, Us Weekly is saying she's actually 15 weeks pregnant. So even a little farther along than was thought this morning. Uh, she is due on or around May 2nd, the insider says, which is Princess Charlotte's birthday. Uh, Megan is just a couple days shy of her 15-week mark. Uh, so she's early stages, but, you know, she's due in the spring. Uh, apparently, which is like, I, I, I feel like a lot of you guys asked us about this and we're going to have to try to dissect it. She told family members at Princess Eugenie's wedding on Friday. Um, they didn't want to announce it in advance, reportedly, because they didn't want to upstage the wedding. So they waited until Monday. But in a weird way, this almost does sort of feel like it's upstage. I mean... If they had announced it before, that definitely would have been the focal point of the wedding. So I guess they waited um, in a way that was generous. But it was, you know, it, it is interesting timing coming on the Monday after the wedding. Right. Just because the royal family, they choreograph everything so carefully. It makes me wonder if someone else was going to break the story, break the news, even though, of course, we've had all of these tabloids, speculative reports asking whether she's pregnant. Is there some other reason for them announcing this the Monday after Eugenie's wedding celebration? I agree. I agree with you. I feel like the tightness of the t- timing makes me think either that someone was going to run with the story or that like i mean she's about the timing of this australia trip always seemed kind of crazy to me with coming right after the wedding too like they had to miss i think the saturday portion of eugenie's blockbuster wedding but i feel like if she's going to make this many appearances over the next two weeks maybe it was also just a preventative 
Like, like she was going to be seen in so many different outfits and like there would have been, I guess, speculation if she's in any way showing that they kind of wanted to get ahead of it. Because I sort of think if she wasn't doing this Australia trip, they might have waited longer. Right, because Megan doesn't really have any reason to have to steal the spotlight from Eugenie. Like right, she has no, it. at all. So that's why either maybe their hand was being forced or somehow they knew it was going to be evident based on, I don't even know, like what she's wearing or something. Uh, in Australia. So, yes. Also, Megan's wedding outfit now makes a little bit more sense. The bottom of the coat not being buttoned uh, was sort of what fueled... We talked about this on Friday when we did the bonus uh, wedding episode. Uh, People were kind of wondering if her look implied anything, and apparently it did. So, Julie, this son or daughter will be seventh in line to the throne behind Charles, William, George, Charlotte, Louis, and Harry. And to add further insult to injury for Prince Andrew, whose daughter already has lost some of the limelight uh, with this announcement, Andrew's going to be bumped when the son or daughter is born to eighth in line. He's currently seventh. And I kind of wonder if this is sort of has something to do with why Andrew made that comment on Friday that we thought was weird about how, like, well, they have more people at their wedding because Eugenie and Jack are so popular more than Harry and Meghan. Like, do you think maybe he had like just found out or something and was like, why not use this opportunity to say this? Right. Someone tweeted us like if I had just heard that my kind of line uh, or my position in succession bumped, I would be a little bitter, too. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought this was interesting. The child will not necessarily be given a prince or princess title unless the queen decides to intervene, which I assume she will, right? But if she didn't intervene, these titles are bizarre. The son would be the Earl of Dumbarton. Can you imagine? I would almost (laughs) rather go without title, sans title. I'll pass on that. The baby's just like, "Eh, I'm cool. Uh, Or if it's a daughter, this is slightly better. Let's say the child's name is Madison. It would be Lady Madison Mountbatten-Windsor, which is a mouthful, though. But I love that, Josh. I love Madison so much. Are you hoping it's a girl? Um, mm, I don't know what I'm hoping. I kind of, for some reason, have a feeling it's going to be a girl. It's really just an instinctual thing. But I don't know. What do you think? I'm the same. I, and I hope for her sake, I just the title alone, I think she'd be better off. I feel like, especially because Harry's such a favorite of the queen, don't you sort of feel like they're going to just become a prince? Or, I don't know what the precedent is or what the rules are, but I feel like if I was the queen, why not? Why, what's, what, why not just give them the prince or princess title? What if they were to name it for a Suits character? Oh, that's a great call. Also, odds makers are already coming out with sort of like the odds for the favorites. And right now, Diana, Arthur, and Alice are put up as the front runners at 12 to 1 odds. But I think, I think Diana is possible, maybe. But I do think... Megan's influence I, I think like the the two the combination of Megan's vibe and the fact that there's like a little less pressure because this kid isn't like third fourth or fifth I think they're gonna go a little funkier with the name I agree and I'm so happy about it there's no way Megan's naming her kid like Arthur I just do not think there's any chance no absolutely not I mean I'm so excited I think that this is definitely gonna have a more bohemian bohemian yeah name. I hope it's something kind of that like throws the royal family off a little bit. That's just like a little bit more modern and like a normal name. Also, um, I was looking at uh, Princess Beatrice 
I was some, for some reason looking at her Wikipedia page today, <laughs> as one does. And I guess at the time, her name was seen as super surprising. Really? Beatrice. Yeah. Interesting footnote. I love that. So, and, th- and that's the analogous thing, right? Because it's like the brother of the prince who's in direct line. I want a name a name that requires the palace to release like a phonetic explanation of how to pronounce the name. Wouldn't that be amazing uh, on that stationery? Yeah, like, like um, what was the one recently? Oh, Kate Hudson who had like Ronnie, but then she had to like explain on her Instagram account how you pronounce it. It's spelled like R-A-N-I. I feel like left to her own devices, that is the kind of name Megan would come up with. Like Ronnie, that has some meaning in a different language that you have to explain how to pronounce it. Right. Her nickname was Flower. I could see that coming into the mix. Mm. No, that's that's even a little too far off. But I do hope they I hope they commemorate Diana in some way. Yeah, I feel like Diana's name will be somehow reflected in the name, even if it's like a middle name or something, maybe. Also, I'm curious if Megan's going to do the whole rigmarole of the, you know, a Kate style coming out of the hospital and all of that. Interesting. Right. Well, I wouldn't put it past Megan to have some sort of like water birth or like a doula. Yeah, like a home, a home birth with a doula and like some sort in some sort of desert somewhere. Like I, right. I kind of, <laughs> I don't see her doing the whole royal sort of setup personally but maybe she'll like not really have a choice right but she's definitely going to put her spin on it in some way 100 percent. i'm super excited because i do feel like she's gonna make this her own it's like her you know i don't think she's gonna let them kind of dictate right do you think this could be the first royal baby with a gender reveal party (laughs) i would love that a hundred percent Also, that's like what if she wasn't in a royal family, she would have like the most Instagram friendly gender reveal party of all time. They would have like floats out at sea or something with different color coded reveals. Okay, so Dory released a statement, which was kind of straightforward. But, you know, she said it's the palace said Miss Raglan is very happy about this lovely news and she looks forward to welcoming her first grandchild. And then Tom the palace declined to say whether or not Tom has been notified. I mean, obviously he knows now, but I took that to mean he was not notified in advance. Right. I mean, the fact that they would respond and say no comment. But then I was thinking, Megan's so good at sort of the PR part of these things. And maybe, obviously we've talked about how she kind of is avoiding the whole issue with her crazy family, but maybe in this case, she was like, I should give him a heads up so he doesn't say something insane. If I were her, I would have drafted the email or text message and I would wait to click send. Like a minute yes, before. Exactly. Yes. Josh and I are on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I think that's very possible because you know Samantha. I can't believe Samantha hasn't weighed in. By the time you guys are listening to this, I'm sure Samantha will have weighed in. Right. Because you know she's going to have comments. She's going to have a spin. She's going to have a hot take on this. <laughs> Yeah, like, let the grandchild see his grandfather. Or, like, you know, it's going to be some, like, dramatic. uh, She's going to, like, show up with, like, a crib on the streets of the front of the palace or something. It's like a protest. So so the timing's interesting. So Megan just got to Australia. She came out, and a bunch of you guys, I think we have a voicemail about this, too. She arrived in Australia kind of before the night before the announcement and was covering her stomach with two large binders that were kind of these purple binders. And 
it felt very on Megan like to me because it felt almost like I feel like usually she's so uh, just the fact that you'd be carrying binders it seemed really odd like she's usually so put together and has her whole like kind of scenario planned out and then secondly it, I feel like it was very last minute I feel like she decided in the car that she was gonna like come out with these binders or something to like block her stomach I guess I haven't seen someone carry an honest to god binder since middle school so my bigger question is like what kind of like what sites did she go to to find these binders right why wasn't she just carrying like books I I I don't know. It did feel very like running late to geometry class. Right? Um, But I also don't... Also, at first, it kind of looked like... I was like, is she reading film scripts? Because it kind of looked like... I mean, definitely not. But it reminded me of like when you see like a Hollywood star with like their scripts coming out of a lunch or something. Oh, that's a good call. What do you think was inside those binders? Was it just information about Australia? Was it... Oh, yeah. It also is sort of a flashback to when Thomas Markle was reading the books about like different things in Britain before the wedding, remember? Um, Those were the days. I will never forget that. I'll be on my deathbed and I'll have a flashback. To him in that like internet cafe reading something on on his computer. I was wondering if it was like her different outfits. Like maybe a, a different each page had like what she's wearing on each given day. Like a sort of itinerary. I just love Megan so much. I feel like she was prepared. She's so prepared for every single event on that itinerary. I would love it if she brought binders back. I'm all for school supplies. What if, what if she just makes this her thing? Like she just has binders wherever she goes with like whatever information she might need. Maybe this will like start a trend. Like maybe we should, maybe our issue this whole time is and we should have been walking around with binders. Maybe that'll be our Halloween costume. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. Right? To have the binders and to do that kind of like look with the coat. You guys can all take that idea if you want it for yourselves. Um, messy bun. That's a great costume idea. Right? It's perfect. So, Julie, this Zika scare is also a component that people were talking about because part of the trip is going to Fiji and Tonga where Zika is, I guess there's like a moderate risk. Um, And apparently according to people and other sources, they sought medical advice ahead of the trip. They decided to move ahead with their plans and Megan will be going to the Fiji Tonga stops. Uh, But she might, she may opt out of certain parts of the grueling schedule and apparently, like Harry's going to two, two of the two of the stops in Fiji and Tonga. Harry's going to go to solo. I think one's like some sort of forest appearance. My personal feeling is like just skip that portion if I was her. Um, but it's like a two days of a sixteen day tour. I don't think anyone would think you know poorly of her for doing that. I certainly wouldn't. But I guess they must be having access to the best doctors. But I don't know, does it? It seems like kind of strange to me. Right, right. It seems a little risky, but... I mean, clearly that's like they, they're they only doing it if they know that it's fine for her to be doing it. Right. I'm just selfishly so excited for all these, these press appearances, all the outfits we're going to see, the messy bun moments. 76 engagements over 16 days. And speaking of outfits, Jessica Mulroney, her best friend, her stylist is flying right now as we speak with her husband in an unofficial capacity. So that means like the Mulroney's are paying it for them, paying for it themselves. 
And apparently she's going to be helping pick. And I think a lot of the time we've seen outfits that we've really liked. There was like a string of really good outfits at one point, like around the Hamilton show, I think. And they said Jessica was helping then. So I feel like the fact that Jessica's involved means we're going to get some really good, some interesting looks. Are you in any way surprised by the timing of the pregnancy? Are you, is this sort of when you expected she would be pregnant? I think there was so much discussion about Megan's age, even though, of course, she's, it's not like she's old, but just given the nature of these royal couplings and how quickly everybody gets pregnant, I feel like there was a lot of pressure on her. So I, yes. I'm a little relieved for her sake that she is, uh, the timing of it being announced so shortly after Eugenie's wedding weekend is still odd to me. I remember K- Kate announced hers pretty early along, but that's because she was having morning sickness, right? Morning sickness. So maybe it has something to do with that as well. I would just pay money to get some sort of transcript of the closed door conversation that like you, Eugenie, Beatrice and Sarah Ferguson had this weekend about this announcement. It's good that you brought up Fergie because another little angle to all of this is that Fergie posted a bunch of tweets this morning moments after the announcement like a like maybe if like a minute or two after but was it because the one i saw said that the palace tweeted out the announcement at 8 40 a.m i guess in london and that same moment is when her like fergie. first tweet is time stamped and we should note that fergie's tweets were all in relation to her daughter's wedding and no mention of Harry or Meghan or the baby. So some people are reading into that, that she's come somehow not pleased with the timing. Right. It was a bizarre string of, I don't want to say it was Donald Trump-esque and kind of the interesting reaction timing of it all. But her first one was about thanking the designer who made her amazing reception dress. And then it was like three tweets about how proud she was of Jack and Eugene, which... Also, Donald Trump tweeted about princess eugenie's wedding and i was somehow i don't know why like threw me that he was even you know quoting any referencing it in any way but he said princess eugenie of york was a total was a truly beautiful bride yesterday she has been through so much and has come out a total winner I just was confused about where that was coming from. I feel like no one has ever in the history of weddings described a bride as like a total winner, but... There's so much here. I feel like we're going to be obviously talking about this for weeks now to come until the actual birth, which, I mean, I can't even believe it. Oh, the Daily Mail did a great composite, which I feel like we'll have to share on our Instagram stories or something of what the baby could potentially look like. I do kind of hate when they do those creepy... um, like composites whenever like two celebrities are together and about to have a kid the composites for harry and megan's baby are cuter than kate and william's for some reason those composites were especially creepy so it's cute that this kid will be about the same age as william and kate's kids and pippa's about to have a kid she went to i think she's actually at the hospital right now as we record right so like there's gonna be this like fun squad all around the same age i'm into it Okay, let's read some of these tweets we got. We got a lot. I just like this one, which isn't even really a question, but they say, it's from Jet Set Jen. She says, OMG, I can't wait for this baby. Seriously gotta love season three of Meghan and Harry Take the Kingdom. Baby names, no bad energy, and the limelight content blessings, Prince Josh, Princess Julie. 
Which do we think is more likely, Princess Julie or Prince Josh? This is a perfect tweet. I think Prince Josh. I think Prince Josh. And I was going to say Princess Julie. God, we're both so um, giving. We always say the other. I could see Julie being a royal name. Has there been any royal named Julie or Julia or anything? Not to my knowledge. I think Megan, I feel very confident saying this. If it was, if we were separated from the royal aspect of things, I feel like Megan would like the name Julia for a girl. I could just see it. You are too kind. She would love Josh too. She would... Mm, I feel like she'd want like a hipper name for a boy. Ugh, like Mason crazy. or something. I love the name Madison, though, especially with that title. Mason or Madison. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with Madison, I think, for the long haul here. I could see Megan being into it. Madison Markle. Oh, no, it's not going to be that last name, though, obviously. Okay, let's see. I think uh, Marnie. I think she's farther along than we think, which is why she's showing much more. And because of Eugenie, they couldn't say anything sooner. So this is an interesting theory. I wouldn't be surprised if the baby is due in March instead of April. Marnie coming in with a conspiracy theory. I love it. I think Marnie's right. I feel good about Marnie's instincts there. So that's kind of like the opposite of what we were saying, though, even too. And I think this is interesting because maybe they wanted to do this like weeks ago even, but they couldn't because they didn't want to do it in front of the wedding. So then they waited until the first possible day. They might have waited till Tuesday, though. I feel like they could kind of. It wouldn't have been so bad to wait like one extra day to have Eugenie get the Monday headlines still about her wedding. True, true. Well, right. If you were in that position, you would have given her that extra day. But it is interesting because a lot of women don't necessarily show in that first trimester. I think Mar- Marnie could be onto something. Okay, Cherry has some amazing insights, which I'm so excited to read. First, she has a bunch of comments and questions. A, I hope this makes Doria move to London. I think it will, right, Julie? Agreed. B, the title, if it's a boy, is horrible. Hope they're made a prince princess. Totally agree. We already discussed that. Just to remind everyone, if, if, if the son and the son doesn't get the prince title, he would be the Earl of Dumbarton. It's like, cannot be said enough. <laughs> and I'm going to like take to the streets if that happens. See, Prince Andrew is stewing over the timing. Agreed. Cherry is so on, on board with us. D, this should bring her and Kate closer together. Mothers bonding over babies is powerful. That's an interesting... We haven't talked about Kate in all of this, but I think that makes some sense. I know. There was a report that Doria has already been taking some sort of like baby care class. I don't know if there's any truth to that. But I I thought that was very sweet. Maybe they would do like two middle names, like Doria, Diana. It's interesting how those two kind Mm. of fit. Wow, I've never thought about it. They both start with a D and with an A, five letters. Just throwing it out there. Suggestion, putting that into the naming suggestion box. And this last comment from Cherry, uh, these are all great comments, Cherry. Uh, oh, wait, I forgot Pippa's giving birth. Kate and Pippa will probably judge Megan's California parenting style. And I could totally see that. Oh, Cherry is so on point. Uh, you know Megan's going to have this lax, like letting the kid ro- roam three, free through a farm or something. And Kate it's just gonna be like where are they like i don't see them on the monitor that's so good um we talked about fergie but someone asked us about that and then uh rachel cucharo donovan i'm happy for them and so excited but the timing bums me out having just gotten married i really hope eugenie isn't upset over them sharing this news on her day i'm also not sure that the half button coat was necessary at this stage of her pregnancy 
Ooh, love it, Rachel. I really, really love it. I feel like there is an interesting. We don't, we don't know how far along she is, so it's hard to comment. The twelve weeks was out this morning. Now us is saying fifteen weeks. Me, we don't. I guess it's hard to know. We'll probably get a sense over these Australia, depending on what she wears over these Australia engagements, sort of how much she's showing or how far along she is. It's always hard to tell, though. Right. I think it's going to be very telling. An interesting subplot during this trip in Australia is going to be watching Sarah Ferguson's social media feeds, seeing how she's reacting. I do feel a little a little bit bad. There were reports that Eugenie had to postpone her wedding so Harry and Meghan could get married first. If you have this major milestone and it's just kind of like bookended on either side by Harry, but maybe she doesn't care about the spotlight as much. Although a three day mm, wedding, though everything about everything about her <laughs> wedding speaks otherwise. Right. Yeah. <laughs> also, we had a bunch of voicemails, but we're going to play this one from Haley about Megan's arrival in Australia. Hi, Josh and Julie. This is Haley calling from Michigan. I'm a huge fan of the podcast. I was just looking online and I saw that Meghan and Harry just landed in Sydney and I noticed that Meghan was carrying some binders like it looks like what I take to school with me and I thought it was really odd that she's carrying them like in front of her belly. I'm not sure if she's hiding something and it's not very cold there but she's also wearing a big jacket. So I just thought it was odd she's carrying these binders. You'd think she would have a bag or somebody to carry these. Anyways, I think it's a distraction and she's covering up something, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. Take it easy, guys. Bye. We need you on other cases because I feel like you were way ahead of the curve here. Definitely knew something was up with the binders. Like, I feel like I need you to assess other things in the celebrity world because I feel like you were on it. I know. Absolutely. She was asking all the questions we should have been asking. Like, she, of course, she should have some sort of bag or someone carrying those. Like the, we- the weather angle is good, too. I hadn't really thought about that. I know. Haley, please call back with more insight on anything. I also am interested. Do you think... Now she's going to feel freed up to not cover it up and not have to worry about coats. And maybe I feel like we might see like a shift because I feel like maybe the past few weeks she's been kind of worried about uh, not letting anyone see a bump in any way. I hope we get some sort of she's all that maternity wardrobe reveal. She's going to whip off that big overcoat, take off that messy bun kind of wave her hair out. I kind of think we're in for that because I feel like Jessica Maroney's doing that like flying in right in time. Like it's it's like Avengers Assemble, you know? And like and like all the outfits are going to come out. That binder is filled with outfits. I hope so. (laughs) Please. I hope the binder just continues to be at every appearance. Like she just shows up to like the zoo with the binder and such. I would love that. So yeah, let's get into the wedding. So what else do we have to... There's a lot that happened after we recorded our emergency episode. Right. So if you haven't heard that episode yet, we went so deep that one of our fans said they needed scuba gear to listen to that episode. Which was like the first 
the first time I've ever been discussed in the same uh, sentence as scuba. It did make sense, though. There's a lot to discuss about what happened after the wedding. So we saw photos of Eugenie's reception look. She, like Megan before her, I'm going to stop comparing her to Megan because she does not need that anymore. Wow, it's a champion of Eugenie, Julie Miller. Um, So she, she wore this blush-colored gown from Zach Posen. Josh, what did you feel? of this gown um well i was discussing it with some colleagues during one of our meetings earlier today and i think the general i hadn't actually thought of it this way some people were saying that they felt like it was very princess cinderella fantasy kind of gown i was getting more though like uh met gala like bowman like i don't know it was very structured and it almost looked like a medieval corsity look kind of thing the way it was so structured on the top uh it wasn't necessarily my favorite gown though i liked her wedding dress much more i feel like the way it was just kind of structured and designed it was sort of awkward to me but she looked happy and that's what matters (laughs) i say with so much conviction that's a nice happy note um a former vogue editor alexandra shulman criticized the gown publicly saying it didn't do Eugenie's bosom any favors. The bodice of the gown bothered me a little bit, but like you said, she looked happy, and that is all that matters. She just had such a gown high note no, at the no wedding. No two people I w- have ever sounded less convincing <laughs> saying that than you and me, but yeah. So since the wedding, there's been a little bit of shade in the tabloids about how much money was spent on the wedding, considering that Eugenie is not a working royal, meaning she doesn't appear at public events. Um, One of the biggest, I guess, expenses was the carriage ride around London, which required a lot of security. All in taxpayers were reportedly have to pay about $2.7 million in security costs. That's kind of crazy. Right? Yeah, I don't Just, know. And also, I would love to see the crowds that kind of turned up to see her ride around London. I feel like I understood it for Harry and Meghan a little more because it was... I, I think it's partly also, like, she's not on a global scale, the draw... Like, Meghan and Harry, it's like, I get it. They're, like, helping kind of, I don't know, bring so much excitement and interest in tourism. And I just don't know if Eugenie has that same x factor right had you been in that cost benefit carriage ride analysis meeting things might have turned out a little differently um so after the wedding there was a lunchtime reception for 800 guests hosted by queen elizabeth the immediate follow-up reception took place in the waterloo chamber the grand reception room and St. George's Hall in Windsor Castle. Guests, including Prince Charles, Prince William, Kate Middleton, Harry, and Meghan, nibbled on finger foods like mini bites of beef and Yorkshire pudding and little scotch eggs. They also reportedly sipped Paul Roger champagne. Eugenie and Jack took their place in front of their five-tier red velvet and chocolate wedding cake and did the ceremonial first-cut before moving through the crowd and mingling with their guests. Okay, before 
continuing on to the next chapter of the wedding festivities, Josh, what did you think of the fact that no one really abided by the social media ban? We almost immediately saw photos and Instagram stories from this lunch reception. I guess that is sort of, to me, like we talked about this on Friday, the amazing ITV television commentators who were asking if it was a society wedding or a royal wedding. And they all answered society, even though it had the like trappings of a royal wedding, obviously with the queen being there and all the royal family members and you know whatever. But to me, the fact that the social media ban didn't really like work <laughs> sort of just is like indicates even more that this was much more of a like society CNB scene wedding, whereas like I feel like at Meghan and Harry's, it was more I don't know. I have to say more of a royal wedding, but it felt a little bit just more like of an intense, you, you you wouldn't try to wrong anyone there. It just felt a little different. Right, like privilege just to be included, whereas this was about all about kind of flaunting it on social media. 100%. I mean, 800 people were there. Also, I have a sense that this was people, we talked about like Ricky Martin getting invited after meeting her once at Art Basel. Like, I don't think these are the like people who are like, you know, they're obviously her close, close friends were some of the invitees, but you probably had people there who were just like, eh, I'll Instagram, why not, you know? Whereas I think Harry and Meghan's was just more intimate. Right. So anyway, after that lunch reception, there was a formal black tie reception at Royal Lodge last night which was uh, where Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson raised Eugenie and Beatrice. We got a lot of details from this reception, um, which is, it seems a little bit rare, but I guess people were just social mediaing it up. Robbie Williams, whose six-year-old daughter, Theodora, I hope, has a contract with ITV after asking Sarah Ferguson whether or not she's a princess. I can't stop watching that video. It's so good. We love it. But Robbie Williams performed for guests singing the hit song Angels, as well as some classic pop pop numbers from different artists that the crowd sang along to. A gourmet pizza truck provided food and Casamigos margaritas. I guess Prince Andrew got up and gave a speech, as some of you may know. Eugenie, for whatever reason, also has a dog named Jack. He's a Norfolk Terrier. Wait, the husband and the dog are named Jack? Yes. Well, not enough was made of that fact, <laughs> I think. Right. I know. So I guess in his speech, he shared an anecdote that took place early in Eugenie and Jack's relationship. He must have been, Prince Andrew was in the company of both Jack the person and Jack the dog, and he noticed Jack the dog on furniture so he shouted jack get off the chair and the dog didn't move but jack did i could see that being a cute anecdote for like a wedding toast situation also though don't you think i don't know if this is coming later but like that they hugged right and that was seen as like so remarkable that andrew had never hugged jack before because of like i guess royal protocol or something and i was like they did they've been dating for so long and the dad and the son-in-law have never hugged 
I don't know. Just it seemed it seemed weird to me that that was such a point of like interest during Jack's speech. People didn't really get into what he said. I guess he said Eugenie looked stunning, and he thanked everybody for coming. I love though that he invited his old headmaster Anthony Wallersteiner. And Anthony Wallersteiner, as soon as he left the reception, must have tracked down Express because he shared a few details. <laughs> I love that he tried to get his 15 minutes out of this, the headmaster. He said Jack talked about how Eugenie lights up his life and makes him feel complete. There was a real sense that he absolutely means it. It was so touching. I mean, the fact that he had to clarify that he felt like Jack really meant it is a little troubling to me, but sure. I feel like this headmaster should have come up with something a little more dynamic to share. Right. Um, but the couple kept the celebration going. This kind of blew my mind. There was a fair theme party on Saturday afternoon. So it also took place on the Royal Lodge's grounds in Windsor. Um, but this one was child-friendly. There was a carousel with personalized horses and unicorns, festival games with prizes, an inflatable slide, and a performance by Ellie Golding. The bride had another wardrobe change wearing a white mini dress with customized jacket embroidered with Mrs. Brooks Bank in silver beads. One source said there will be dodgems and funfair rides, coconut shies, <laughs> lots of food stalls, loads of cocktails, Bloody Marys for the hangovers, and a festival vibe. I love that at some point the family's gardener was inter interviewed and he said... The setup looks amazing, so I'm sure it will be one hell of a party. Josh, take it away. No, it's just, it's super Kardashian, and you're so right. The customized jacket embroidered with Mrs. Brooks Bank. It feels very, the personalized horses I think I saw in one of the roundups of like, I can't even believe that. So every kid's name had been, I guess, pre-painted on a horse. And the fact that this was the second reception is just kind of wild to me. Like, this wasn't even, like, the party. This was, like, the day two event. Also, it doesn't really seem like the couple seems to low... I mean, obviously, they're not, clearly. They have 800 people to invite. And as we know from Prince Andrew, they're the most popular kids on the block. But they also, like, seem like a kind of low-key pair in the ceremony, at least. Right. So it's also, like, somehow doesn't track. Like, there's certain... If you told me, like, Cardi B and Offset had this kind of party, I'd be like, oh, yeah, obviously. But, like, it's kind of somehow hard for me to reconcile... Do you know what I mean? Like, they just don't, they don't seem like that kind of wild all-night rager style couple. I love that comparison so much because I feel like I could go up through this entire script and sub out Cardi B's name for Eugenie's and it would make so much more sense. More sense. No, 100%. That's what's so odd about the whole thing. Cardi B had another wardrobe change, changing into a white mini dress with customized jacket embroidered with her husband's name in silver beads. Silver beads. Yeah, like, there we go. I don't know. I did not realize this when I just said all of that, that the queen and the Duke of York paid for the three wedding parties from their own funds. So I guess it makes it slightly less. Right. I mean, do you think there's any chance that William, Kate, and the kids went to that carnival? I was wondering that because I feel like the fact that people were so freely posting on social media either made me think that they were avoiding posting the kind of like high-profile royals or the royals weren't there. But... 
I guess I could see them thinking that would be fun, right? Like to have George get to go on that carousel and stuff. It's hard to imagine. Also, Harry and Meghan weren't there, I I assume, because they were flying to Australia. Is there anything else you're dying to know about this wedding? Mm, I'm intrigued about, we talked about Camilla snubbing the wedding. And in the official photographs, Fergie and Prince Philip are side by side next to each other. And I'm curious just how in general Fergie was kind of interacting with everyone or treated. She clearly, there's some like, you know, there's some sort of issue because I do not think it's a coincidence Camilla missed the event Um, because like Fergie had been very outspoken about Camilla joining the royal family and in the wake of Diana and everything. So I feel like there's definitely, I want, I want to know like what the convos were like between Philip and Fergie and between like, I don't know, Fergie and the queen. I feel like that I'm interested in that. Also, I'm curious just now that we know retroactively that people were starting to be aware of Megan's pregnancy. I'm just interested in that. I feel like that must've just spread like wildfire at this wedding because they were all in the same place. I assume a lot of people were finding out about it for the first time. Like, Kate and William must have been told before the wedding, I assume. Right, definitely. I but, would I, but I'm sure there were a ton of people who found out at the wedding, right? But yeah, I'm curious about how people were reacting to the news once they found out. I wonder if it was the kind of thing where it, like, spread to everyone, you know what I mean? Like, was, like, Demi Moore talking about it? Like, you know, like, I feel like maybe it really got around. Because once, like, one gossipy cousin found out, I feel like it was just over. Because it was, like, all these society people in one big room, you know? Absolutely. I'm actually, maybe that's honestly part of why they had to announce it on Monday. Because, like, it just, once, once the wedding had happened and everyone kind of started to know. That's a good call. What about you? Do you have any lingering questions, mysteries that are bothering you? I'm just curious how long this wedding stays in the news or if it's just so quickly going to be overshadowed by Meghan and Harry in Australia. And I wonder if Sarah is going to try to keep this momentum going. Yeah, I have seen a lot of posts about, I feel like Sarah Ferguson definitely has had her big moment this weekend. And I am curious if she's going to kind of run with it a little. All right. Well, we will have a lot to discuss next week, I am sure, because we will have a week's worth of Australia appearances. I can't even believe it. And we will have more to say. I'm sure more details about her pregnancy and all of that as well. Hopefully Thomas and Samantha are not currently en route to Australia to like crash the, you know, trip. That does it for this week's episode of In the Limelight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember to check us out on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It helps us find new listeners. Also, feel free to leave us a voicemail on our hotline. You can call that number. It's 347-790-0966. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight. And follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller. Remember at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. This episode was edited and produced by Daniel Roth. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no bad energy. energy.